We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Computer, this is Data. I'm an Android. I'm a basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, aka Rangers McBasketball. And Tim, we've got a week back under our belts. So we're recording this Sunday afternoon before the Bucks game. It's going to be a little bit under uh, short-staffed, under-shit-staffed, whatever you want to call this game. But we have seen so far at least two halves of LeBron James and the rest of the starters. But yeah, before we get all into that, man, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. I uh, I know last time I talked about doing uh like a dry run for thanksgiving well all right realized that we needed to like have the turkey defrost for like days so now i am like a week later there's a turkey in the oven and it is what i will be eating every meal of every day for the next like week or so because uh newlywed but my wife has left me uh just she's left for a work trip Uh, Um, so (laughs) i'm just going to be eating turkey every day which it's not going to be great. It's not my favorite thing, but it's, you know, it's this is part of the practice and uh, kind of like the Lakers running drop coverage all these games. They're just practicing for, for the regular season. That's my nice segue. segue. Uh, much like the Lakers, Steph Curry, uh, you know, cooked that turkey and drop coverage because that is, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely something we called out on stream with Alex. It was like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, they're still in drop, but we'll get all to, to all of that. <laughs> um, yeah, really quick, we uh, last potted after our first preseason game. Since then, we haven't put a public pot up where we've seen uh, Torian Prince start alongside Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, AD, and LeBron, which looks like we're going to get. Uh, it's unclear whether or not Vanderbilt is going to be ready for the regular season. He's going to be out for uh, tonight's game as well as the Phoenix game. It was just announced uh, here recently, so... Vando's going to have some time to kind of come back from his uh, his injury, even though it doesn't seem too serious. But what are your thoughts on uh, so far the Prince as the starter in that uh, starting five? 
I'm glad that we're getting a chance to look at it. It's unfortunate that Vando is hurt. It's good to hear that it's not a long-term thing. I know some fans were worried hearing, oh, you know, the soreness, and that's how the Kendrick Nunn thing started. This isn't that. He's going to be fine. He'll be back. But we've gotten to see him play with the other starters. The other four starters are the same as last season for portions of the year. So it's not that Vando didn't get a, a chance. I think the structure's new, and if anything, the structure doesn't really – like the five-out won't help him as much. But I was really glad that we got a chance to see Torian Prince get run with that group and really, you know, prove out that concept. Like it is a it, in that fifth starter, along with AD, LeBron, Austin Reeves, D'Lo, all guys that can get a shot, can attack, you can run plays for. It's okay to have a fifth starter that is going to be a lower usage, like play finisher rather than play creator. It's just kind of fit in well. Don't make life difficult for the other players you're playing with. And Torian Prince has done that. He's hit his threes pretty well. He's clearly an off-screen threat. It's a good fit with the five-out structure. It's a good fit within the actions the team is running within that structure. He has really flashed the ability that we covered during the offseason of being able to, you know, when he's coming off of a down flare screen or whatever it is, when he ca- or just catching with an advantage, whether it's someone created it for him or the play created it, he catches if he's got the three, he'll shoot it. If he doesn't have the three, but he does have an advantage, he is a market upgrade from Malik Beasley last season in that he can attack that closeout, yeah. get all the way to the rim and score. He can score from mid-range. He's got a floater game. And then he can also read the floor and make smart passes. And that ability to just extend and finish plays really well, to me, is really important. A guy like Beasley, he could finish plays as a three-point shooter, not really at the rim, nor could he really extend those advantages. So upgrading in that way with Prince offensively has been great defensively I I feel like playing Golden State every other day is like every other game is a tricky way to try to evaluate some of these guys because their offense is so unique compared to so many other teams it's not you know the chaser defense isn't his best thing and I think we'll see him play better defense and he's he's cooled down the fouling uh after those first couple of games so that's good to see so overall I'm pleased I'm glad we got to see it play out and he was who I wanted to start and thought made the most sense before preseason, but we still kind of had to see what everything looked like. And now that we've seen what everything looks like and we understand, you know, some of the questions have, you know, we know the answers to the questions in terms of how the team will operate. I feel more and more confident that he would be a good fifth starter and it, you know, you're going to lean more offense than defense with that, but the offense is going to be really, really damn good. And that shines out in the data that I've tracked thus far. So that's what I was going to bring up where, you know, he might not, you know, be comically fouling, you know, five fouls in eight minutes of play or whatever it was that first game. But he does have that F foul rate, F in a bad way. He fouls a lot, right? We, we've talked about that on stream. Um, but the things, you know, I think you're totally on point. Like his extension of some advantages, he's showed some craft and some pull-up games, uh, some floaters. And I had that nice putback on the LeBron, you know, foul that didn't count but you know he showed me some things that i'm not like relying on to be you know every game this is a a real you know deciding factor for him and whoever he could start over but it's an extra feather in the cap like he he is a really good connector kind of extra guy out there and his defense isn't great but i don't think it's so bad that the offense is you know it's buoyed so much by that spacing which i guess we can get into his spacing uh, really affects teams, and he's able to knock down 
corner threes, wing threes, with not a lot of space still, too. So he's pulling his guy closer out, you know, to give more lanes for pick and roll and for post opportunities, while also being able to, you know, make some pretty contested threes. So, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. that's a great place to kind of transition into the five-out scheme that we've been seeing um, more consistently, seeing it happen more and more. Uh, I guess, what are your thoughts on the scheme uh, a few more games in? It's been fantastic. I think it fits the personnel really well. It is a good way to use guys like Prince. And he's right now the only kind of like bona fide off-screen shooter that we know we can trust. There are other guys who have shown some promise, but in previous seasons hadn't really done it. Like, like a Reeves or a Rui or even Reddish. Those are guys that the team has been running the same like movement shooting, off-screen shooting plays for, and results have been mixed. Prince is good with those. That skill set will be critical. And so it's it'll be important for us to figure out, okay, can these other guys cut it or do we need to shift how the playbook looks to not be funneling as many of those types of threes to our players? But just the spacing on the court when you have playmaking with so many players, you and, and it's not necessarily ball guys that if they have an advantage, they'll make the right play. That's really important. It is a, you know, just set up where we're seeing like roles result in like open dunks and open layups instead of like those step up seal catch the little pocket pass. And then last season there was a defender standing there right in your face in front of the rim because somebody was in the dunker spot. That's not there anymore. And it's resulting in just more open shots. It'll result in cleaner drives and easier looks. Uh, if you do get past that front line of the defense, it's just, it's been really good. I really like it. I think the relative lack of ball handling playmaking this team has with really just LeBron, Reeves, D'Lo being those guys that you really trust right now as ball handlers and playmakers. Vincent can do some of it, but doesn't have as much of the scoring punch. Running five out and having so much dribble handoff, Chicago action with the down screen into the handoffs, things like that built in allow for AD, for Wood, for Hayes, Castleton when he's out there. Those guys are able to be playmaking hubs when the degree of difficulty on the reads that they have to make aren't hard. And so it's that LA has both leaned into strengths they have of more shooting and wanting to drive more, and then also realize some of their weaknesses and pick a structure that I think supports those in a smart way. And we've seen it materialize in really good stuff. Like LeBron James is getting a really high percentage of his shot attempts, his scoring attempts as like open right now, 45.5% of his shots have been open shots, which is one of the higher marks on the team. And is like way too high a mark for a defense to be comfortable with. He's LeBron freaking James. So like stuff like that really stands out to me or the fact that that D'Lo Reeves, Prince LeBron AD lineup as a whole has generated really, really high high shot quality and and 42% of their shots as a lineup have been open. One of the best of any lineup the Lakers have used Stuff like that is really encouraging. Like it should work in theory, but we're now watching it work in practice and it looks sustainable. Yeah, it's been great too. you know, see some of the help beaters come in when they do go into the post has been a Mm -hmm. nice development. Um, It seems like they're further along in their offense than they were, you know, obviously last year is a completely different team, but they came in quick, you know, uh, the trade deadline, the offense was kind of rough for a bit as they're still feeling things out, putting the pieces together relying on their defense. And I really think now being able to see how D'Angelo Russell can be methodical on ball with LeBron and AD 
uh, and Austin making some secondary plays, uh, getting better spacing with Prince out there, you know, punishing teams going under and Delo's able to make pull up threes. Like this is a modern shooting team now. Um, now, not only in their scheme, but in some of their personnel. And, you know, last year the Lakers were 26th in the league and three point attempts per game, only 31.2. Uh, number one in the league was the Warriors at 43.2. I, I don't think they're going to, you know, shoot more than the Warriors or anything, but I think that number is going to be closer to like 35, 36, 37 on a regular basis. And they're going to be a lot more deadly and just, the, just changing the geometry of how teams have to defend them. And, um, I'm, I'm excited by that. And, uh, so yeah, I mentioned a little bit of the help beaters, uh, they are still mixing in some of the old post-up touches with AD and LeBron. Um, yeah. I guess, how do you feel about them mixing those two things? And are you worried at all that they fall back into the kind of post-ups, you know, stand around habits? Yeah, it's, I think it's always a potential concern. And there were portions of last season where among their post-touches, the frequency of, of, hey, everybody's just standing around and watching was comfortably high, but we saw them improve that throughout the year and a higher and higher percentage of those post touches came alongside off-ball action that kept the defense honest. If you're going to send help, we know how to beat it and we're going to go beat it the right way. If you send it from the weak side versus the strong side, we, we want to be able to attack that different ways and you have to identify that as a team all at once you can't say it's not football where you make like a pre-snap read and you're like, okay, it looks like they're in cover four and you could try to call a cover four play with these post touches. You get the ball in the post and you know, you could do your scouting and you know what the team probably will send for help and you want to be prepared against it. But some defenses mix it up play by play. And so you've got to be able to read the defense and then react accordingly. And the Lakers hadn't really done much of the post touch game until the past like two games. And in those games, they've been pretty effective when they, when they've gone to the post, it's often been with those help beaters run. And when they've run them, they've been really effective, like um, uh, 1.4 points per possession, I think is what they're at right now on those, which is excellent. That's better here. And in a way it's like getting a little bit away from like the five out. Cause you're, you're posting someone up, but I think they've done a good enough job kind of meshing the two. And I'll continue to monitor that because it's not the, the most seamless integration of a play type for a, a structure. Generally, if you're going five out, it's because like we don't have a post guy and we don't want to post up. So it's a little bit different from the norm when teams go five out. But I think it's the right thing for the Lakers to do. And as long as they continue staying organized and continue reading, reading the help and attacking the help, that's the right thing. And sometimes that means like... Yeah. AD catches super deep and you want him to go right away because he's deep enough. Other times, if he catches, you know, at the block or beyond the block, you're going to see him just look at the defense and wait like two seconds. And that's not because he's indecisive. It's because he's letting the defense declare what they're going to do and then letting his teammates read that and then attack. And on some of those plays, he waits two seconds and then he attacks and he gets an open layup. And there was no help defense because the Lakers countered it and then it had to bail out on sending help. Other plays, is he'll take the two seconds and then pass it out to an open guy, a cutter, you know, someone flashing to the rim, a three-point shooter, because he gave the concepts time to develop. The timing on those is something that really matters. And we're seeing the team continue to work on, but I'm just glad to see this 
this integrated because for the first couple games, it was very much like five out, five out, five out. And we've actually seen the percentage of the team's plays that are five out rise each game. But this last game, we saw seven different help beaters run. So they're almost like building in portions of their offense in waves. Yeah. Um, so really quick, before we get to stock up, stock down for some of these individual guys, um, I guess we got we got two more uh, preseason games, right? We have uh, we're recording this before the Milwaukee game, where it looks like several of the guys will be out. Sounds like AD and D lower in, um, but no Gabe, no uh, Cam Reddish will be back. No Vanderbilt, no LeBron, no AR. Is there anything else you kind of are looking to see uh, for the last couple games and or from scheme or any anything else in the preseason that you kind of are interested in getting a look at before, uh, before the season officially starts? Offensively, I'd say things are in a pretty good place. Uh, there are, I mean, they've, they've run a bunch of plays. It's been an improvement from last season in that, like last year, they ran a bunch of plays in preseason. But a lot of them were plays that like didn't make a whole lot of sense for the roster. The plays they're running this year work for for the players they they have out there. So I'm I feel like I'm pretty happy with what I've seen, and it's it's been a lot of stuff we saw last year, just out of different you know out of five out instead of four out one in. So I'm in a pretty good place. If they hadn't done all the help beater stuff last game, I would say that. But they've checked that that box for me. I in this game without LeBron. Reeves, Vincent, or JHS, the team is down a lot of ball. So based right. on who's available today would probably be a good game for like really trying to hammer home like what are our five out delay, like big man top of the key gets the ball, whether it's AD or Wood or whoever it is, running offense through them, but from the top of the key. I think that you know, just the limitations you have from a ball handling standpoint today point in that direction because otherwise I, like I don't want to see Scotty Pippen run a bunch of ball screens it's just not <laughs> it's it's not going to be like ever it's just not as effective and it's, you're not going to get the right type of reps yeah like I want guys slotted in roles that prepare them for the regular season and I don't think you need to be preparing in preseason for like oh well what if all but one of our ball handlers are injured all at the same time like right you're in a crappy position in that case but I would lean more into the like Let's play through wood. Let's play through AD. Let's let the yeah. dribble handoff actions open things up. And the team has already run a, a lot of plays out of that, but most of them they've only run like two or three times. So getting more reps in, seeing like you're playing different teams, you're going to see them defend things different ways. And this gives you an opportunity for those new t new plays to say, oh, okay, well, if they do this, here's how we attack it. If they switch, here's yeah. what we want to do. Because if you run something four times against the same team and they defended it the same way, like, yeah, you, you got practice, but you only got practice against that one type of defense. Now let's see if how how you would respond and make sure everybody can read it during the play and do the right thing if it's defended in other other manners. So I'd say offensively, that's what I'm looking for. And then defensively, we are, uh, as I said earlier, it's that turkey every day. It's just a lot of drop coverage. Yeah. It's okay. It's like someone asked me in the Discord today, like, how would you defend the Dame Giannis pick and roll today? And I said, well, Today, I'm probably, you know, I'd have the team do whatever we've been working on. It's probably not going to be the best duo, but right now we're just trying to build habits and work on execution within a thing at a time. And right now it seems like dropping and then some switching is, is what to do. So I would love to see today's a great day for more switching potentially. 
and building out, you know, how, what do we do from a technique standpoint? And then after the switches, how do we, you know, minimize some of the mismatches we're giving up? We've seen the team use some of those answers, but, you know, build in more practice with that, get more reps. And then at some point here, and it might not come against Milwaukee or Phoenix, but at some point in the next couple of weeks, this team better start hedging. <laughs> and if they don't, we are kind of in the same position we were last season where it's like, like it were, if we're dropping switch only, this is a limited defense and you can't go into the playoffs that way. And I said that all year long. And then they, all year long, I was just like, well, they'll probably build it in. Maybe they'll build it in. And they just never did. They didn't have good rotators last year. So it made sense this year. They have the rotators, so they should be able to do those things well. And if you want to use Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, well, you need to be hedging more. You need to be doing things other than drop. And I don't know if we're going to see it in preseason, but to me, that's a huge, huge question mark for the deal that we have yet to really see addressed. So again, if it's not today, I'm okay. But if like 20 games into the season, we're not seeing the team hedge at all. I am going to be angry and loud about it. I think. I mean, you would think that having a chance to play Steph Curry a couple of times, would give you a chance, but apparently not. But I guess to your point, it could be just them slow rolling it, slow playing it. Uh, you know, they obviously wanted to get a look at the switch in that lineup against uh, Brooklyn that really, really stood out to me, at least in the second. He had Wood, AD, Braun, uh, Austin, and Gabe Vincent out there switching everything, one through five, basically. And it was really encouraging, you know, to be able to see – uh, how they were able to get stops and then how that spacing was able to get them really easy looks. And they uh, kind of blew the game open mm-hmm. there in that stretch with that lineup. Uh, granted, one look uh, against the preseason team as well. But it, that's the only diversity we've seen. And if they're going to have that, you know, versatility like we think they can, um, it would be nice to – I don't know if they have to roll it out like – right away right away but it would be nice to see them roll it out when it schematically makes sense at least you know what i mean like a golden right. thing yeah and it's it's not like these are brand new things that guys have never done before this isn't like hey welcome to wake forest football we're going to do the slow mesh you've never seen it before we're the only team that does it like this is like drop coverage switching like these are this is basketball this is yeah. this is just basketball and each team you know they'll teach things a little bit differently they might have different drills but it's not foreign to the point that I think you need a month to figure out how to run drop coverage or like build in a second coverage. So so to your point, there will be more opportune times to run certain things like the schedule say, Oh, golden state, that's a dumb time to be in drop. Let's do one of the other ones. Cause it makes more sense. Uh, yeah. And then against, you know, a different team, maybe we want to be in drop more cause we're not as worried about their pull up three point game, things like that. So if, you know, all things equal, if I were picking what the game plan is tonight, I would say I want to see the team switching a bit. And I think today would be a good day to check out what some like soft hedging or hard hedging looks like with the rotations behind it. And I would be pleased with, you know, one or both of those happening. And, you know, even if it doesn't work the best, it's not the most complicated. You know, we're not exactly trying to stop Dame and Giannis. It's just kind of like building out that base coverage. And then from there, you add in the complexity. So, yeah, I, I think I think I'd like to see that. They certainly have the lineups that they can run out for some of these things. Um, we have seen there was the uh, and we can't see it tonight, but the the Reeves Prince Rui Lebron AD group was pretty big. Uh, I'm interested in seeing 
more of that over time. Okay, how does your style of play change when you're bigger? And is that, you know, a, a tool we have in the toolkit that we can use and figuring out like when would it be most effective to use something like that? So an ongoing question, maybe not for tonight to answer, but uh, something to keep an eye on. All right, let's do kind of a rapid fire, stock up, stock down, stock neutral, I guess, because I think there's sure. some guys who haven't done a whole lot, not necessarily to their you know discredit or anything, but I think the best player for the Lakers this preseason has been D'Angelo Russell, at least so far. Um, so I'm a big stock up holder on him right now. How do you feel about D'Lo? Oh, D'Lo has been great. He has been consistent. He has been poised. He has control of the offense. He's communicating on defense. He's raised his defensive playmaking purposefully. He's getting back cut more frequently as a result of it, but he is <laughs> carrying a heavy burden. If we look at the percentage of the places on court where he's, he's either getting the scoring possession or he's the one is, you know, passing and setting up a teammate for a shot. It's 52% of the places on court, which is the highest of any Laker by quite a bit. And he has scored 1.43 points per possession on his scoring attempts and 1.29 points per potential assist for his teammates. And when we look at like with his scoring, he leads the team in self-created shots and he's scoring 1.4 points per possession on him, like white hot. And then on plays he's been set up by teammates, there have only been four of those, but he's scoring two and a quarter points per possession, which is absurd. And again, four plays. Um, he's attacked, you know, from three, from mid-range. He's gotten to the rim a little bit. Like, I've liked what I've seen from him. Not too many of his shots have been open shots. Only 21% of his shots have been open in the half court, which is among the lowest of any Lakers player. And he's still been incredibly effective. So just, I, I'm really, really happy with him. Stock is rising. It was always silly. There, there were overreactions to his playoff play. He is legit. He, he is the guy we've been looking for. If you wanted to trade him, he is the type of player you'd be wanting to get back. So let's ride with this guy. He's the one that we need for this. And, and he's showing it so far. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Yeah, I think the facilitating in the five out, you know, when LeBron's there, when LeBron isn't, um, I definitely do think his on-ball defense has been strong. We were talking a lot about that with Alex on stream. Uh, he was picking up full court. You know, maybe it was kind of ham getting him into him because Vincent wasn't there, or that's just something he expected to um, to to maintain that level of ball pressure and um, you know intensity on defense. And you know, yeah, I, I, he's always kind of somebody who gets back cut to me. I mean, like that's he just kind of falls asleep a little as far as staying engaged on defense uh, when he's not right on ball, but he's doing more things on ball than I saw previously. And, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who's going to physically, you know, um, beat switches and be able to like be super, you know, dynamic on defense like that with his physicality, but he's a smart player and you see him jumping passing lanes and reading plays and having some anticipation so, you know, stuff like that uh, is encouraging. But the thing I like the most, Tim, is, you know, him putting that pressure on teams. Oh, you're going under the screen. I'm going to take this three. I made it. Oh, you're doing it again. Same spot, like same play. Let's run it back to back. And they're they're exploiting the, these things until you say, like, I'm going to make you change this thing. And then I know the counter I'm going to go to next. Mm-hmm. He's so methodical, so meticulous. And he's really punishing teams for doing the things that you could always do against Lakers ball handlers, but can't against him. So that's what I'm encouraged to see along with your point of beat the crap out of teams. So you can, you know, get some rest for some of these guys in the regular season. I think those are the moments and those are the ways like I'm okay with that early shot clock pull up three because you want to, Oh, you're going to keep giving me this. I'm going to keep taking it. And if I hit three in a row, you're going to change it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that was something we talked about on the podcast around what Darvin Ham and the staff could do a little bit better this year. One of those things was like hammer ups if they're working and force the defense to change. Yeah. Don't yeah. counter, bef- don't run counters before you need to run counters. Like keep going to what's working, make the defense respond, and then pull out the counters once they've responded. And it was double drag. They were running double drag with him. And just over and over and over again, he was getting great shots. And you love to see that. That series is still incredibly effective when he's running it. And, uh, you know, he's taking what the defense is giving him. And I really love it. And, you know, even if defenses are switching a little bit, and he's not necessarily someone who's going to, like, blow by a big man. With five-out spacing, with the lob threats he has rolling, and with the fact that, you know, generally the guys spacing out are actually spacers, he should be able to facilitate much better this year against switching defenses than we saw last year where you know we're running our step up you know get the seal play but there's also a dude in the dunker spot so there's a defender at the rim so he can't throw the lob you've got non-shooters out there you know with their defenders crashing down so you can't really hit the skip pass and anything happen from it and it was just so much more mucked up he and his playmaking are going to be so much more on display this season or like the team's going to convert better on on the setups that he gets to them compared to what we've seen and so we might, you know, it might look like there's a big playmaking jump. It's just because the context makes more sense. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's been great so far, but enough about him. There have been a lot of other guys playing. Who do you want to get to next? Uh, yeah, uh, let's do Austin. I mean, we've only seen, only seen him for, you know, five quarters, kind of two, two games of the first half and part of the third quarter. Uh, is he, you know, showing some signs of growth and areas you thought he would? I know we've been looking at the pull-up. Uh, some more of his secondary playmaking, but what have you thought of Austin so far? 
Yeah, Austin has played well. Something that has stood out to me that I was looking for was expect the next like on-ball development for his game out of ball screens to be the pull-up three, and he was averaging 0.3 of them per regular season game last year, shot well. He averaged 0.9 in the playoffs and continued to shoot well. And he's averaged one and a half per game so far in, in the games that he's played in preseason and has continued to shoot well on those. So just raising that frequency makes it so you can actually like impact how the defense is guarding you. If you're, if you're shooting 40% on pull-up threes on ball screens, but you're taking 0.3 of them a game, as a defense, you don't actually have to adjust your coverages to that because it's not he's not doing it enough that it actually like, has any sort of impact. It might be efficient, but it's not happening with any regularity. So who cares? When he's doing it with more regularity, that changes the defense. Now you've got two guys on Austin Reeves, and you still have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, D'Angelo Russell, and fifth starter out there. And, you know, just aren't going to be able to allocate a lot of resources to some of these role players and then expect to still defend well against your superstars. And so that has been really good to see. Another thing that stood out with Reeves is how well he's gotten to the rim. I've looked at just rim attacks per 75 possessions, counting sh- like shooting fouls drawn at the rim and shots at the rim. He's averaged 5.8 per 75 possessions, which is about double any other Laker guard or wing, um, which is astounding. Like 80s at about 10, Woods at about nine, Castleton's at nine. But when you look at all the like other guards and wings, it's like two, 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 one, three, two, and then him at like about six. So if he's pressuring the rim well to that enhanced level, and then he's also hitting the pull-up threes and taking the pull-up threes, he you have to guard him differently. And that is just, you know, continued upward trajectory for Austin Reese. I've really loved it. Yep, yep, totally agree. Um, to the next guy, let's just go up the depth chart. We talked briefly about Prince, but I think he's already proven to be better than I was kind of expecting. Has a little bit more to offer, you know, like like you were saying, extending plays and uh, attacking some closeouts. Yeah, he's been good. Uh, No Laker player has had more scoring possessions set up by teammates than him. He's had 18 of them. He scored over 1.7 points per possession on those. He is lights out. If you get an advantage, he will punish you for it. And uh, to your point, he's he's done a good job of uh, just attacking. It's not like he's only a shooter. This guy's a scorer, and he's also a passer. And so that's been great to see. When we look at plays, he has either been this you know scoring the possession himself, or he's set up a teammate. He, plays he's been involved in have scored at one point five nine points per possession, which is stupid, stupid good, and the highest of any Laker this season. He's good. He's fitting in well. We want to see the shooting continue to flourish and. Uh, I've got nothing else to say. He's been he's been really solid. And I think the defense, what we've seen thus far, is worse than what we should expect to see from him. Like we've met, he's not going to foul as much as he fouled those first couple games. It, th- those were outlier numbers compared to what he's done in the past couple seasons. And uh, just in terms of the style of defenses, style of defense against the style of offenses, he's been put in some tricky situations against Golden State that aren't really the norm on a day-to-day basis in the NBA. So I'm I'm still interested to see how his defense looks against like more normal teams and situations. And the offense is looking great. If the defense can be like average or maybe a little bit above it, he is like a bona fide fifth starter on this team. Love it. It's just another piece to add to, you know, give them some options in the shooting man alone, Mr. 40%. And yeah, I line with that. Um, 
yeah, moving up the depth chart, we've only seen a couple of halves from LeBron, but I think so far he's looked back to an improved athleticism state that you know we couldn't quite see in the playoffs. So I think that's kind of a baked in upward trajectory, but we haven't seen too much from him yet. Yeah. In what we have seen, his passing has been phenomenal. His scoring, he's gotten open quite a bit. Uh, as I said earlier, like 46% of the time, but he hasn't scored all that well. Uh, it's been okay. It just, it, it hasn't been, I don't know. I think it, I think it's underperforming the shot quality for what he's gotten so far on the tiny, tiny sample. So not, not a huge concern, but something to monitor. Um, something that I have noticed is it looks like he's got his burst back on offense. It looks like that foot is healed. However, his rim attacks per 75 possessions are only at 2.3, which is not, not a ton. So I would love to see that number grow over time. Uh, that is a, not a red flag, but something to monitor. And then defensively, I, I saw him like move around fairly well on some plays, the like first game he played in. But when I looked at the film of him against uh, Golden State most recently, he was getting torn. Um, on a handful of plays. Some of them were off ball. Some of them were on ball. But I, I want to continue to monitor his defensive mobility. Again, Golden State's a, a really tricky team to play against. And the Lakers weren't using their normal defensive game plan against Golden State that we know they would use in the playoffs and in the regular season. So somewhat discounting what I'm seeing against that specific offense. But he's been a little hot and cold as a defender. And offensively, the pass scoring, he's getting great looks. And I'm happy with that the shots just haven't fallen at like a LeBron level just yet. Uh, and same with AD. He's been out there on most of these games and uh, his jumper uh, looks better to me. I mean, he's taking them more. Uh, he's not uh, hesitating, you know, on the open shot. He's making more than it seems like he did last year. So I think, you know, a slight stock up there as well for him. Yeah, he's been really good. He and D'Lo have been just like staple, consistent. Their impact is felt. Uh, he f fits in well with the new structure that the team is running. And they've continued to get him post touches. They're continuing to get him attacking like downhill off of like wide pin downs with guards setting those inverted screens. They're getting him attacking from the perimeter and this year with more of a spaced floor, which is great to see. Th like there are things to be happy about. And, uh, yeah, he shot well. He shot 50% on his threes thus far, but I w refuse to acknowledge that as a, as a trustworthy thing because the sample size, uh, for what it's worth last season, he uh, attempted 3.3 a game. He attempted 2.7 this year in preseason thus far on fewer minutes. Uh, but he shot 40% last preseason from three. And then in the regular season, it didn't mm -hmm. carry over. So it's just, just a reminder, like he shot uh, 86% yeah. um, on three and a half attempts per game in 2020, 2021. Uh, he shot 25% the following year. Like these are tiny, tiny numbers. He shot 54, 25, 47, 17, 86, 25, 40, and 50% uh, percent from three preseason by preseason for him since he started attempting three. So we don't know anything yet, but from a like, he feels comfortable with it standpoint, I guess we could check that box. All right, then we got a couple uh, bench guys I think would be relevant to talk about. Christian Wood uh, started slower on the offensive end, been kind of building up steam there. You recently had a defensive film review. So I guess putting those two things together, uh, how do you feel like, on Christian Wood? Yeah, so my takeaway from the defensive film review, and then I went and watched some additional possessions afterwards, was 
he's been fine. He has made a mistake here or there. He has not been like impacting the game defensively in any sort of outstanding way. He's not making impressive plays. He's also not like making like blunders. Uh, there's like a mistake here or there, but for the most part, he's due. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to see from him. Uh, defensively, I'm, I'm cool with what we're seeing. Offensively, he has taken like a lot of really tough shots. 58% of his shots have been heavily contested, which is on the team. Only Castleton has taken tougher shots. And uh, we've seen the team run some like sets for him. Uh, they've used him interestingly in ways similar to AD where like, They'll run him off the wide pin downs or they'll run the like cross screen to set up a post-up play. They've run that for wood, just like they run it with AD and he's, he's shot fairly well in those situations. There's definitely been like, I don't know. It seems like with the, the better players, he's more just there to space when he's out there with a bench group. It's like, all right, we need to get some scoring punch. Like it's, it's Christian wood time. And you'll see like four or five Christian wood plays in a row and they've been fairly effective, but I understand from a viewing experience, it's like a stylistic difference in a way. And that is putting some people off. But as long as he's scoring effectively, I don't really have a problem with it. Like he's scoring 1.4 points per possession on self-created shots. Wow. Like that gets the job. And yeah. when he's, he's out there, it's like a f- he's drawing a lot of fouls. And when he's out there, like with AD and LeBron, He's spacing the floor. He's just making life easier for those guys. And something that stood out to me is like, if you've got a LeBron, AD, Wood lineup, as a defense, those are three guys that any of them can post you up. And most teams don't have three strong post players on the court at the same time. Post defenses, team defenses, we know. But between those guys, like you can space two out and put the third one in the post. And if you can go to work, you know, you're going to have mismatches to operate with without even needing to like generate switches. Uh, so that is something that has been certainly interesting for me to see. We're going to keep an eye on the defense bit because there have also been lineups where he needs to guard someone who's more mobile than him. And it's been like just good enough, but uh, that could potentially be a vulnerability if you play these two big lineups. So we'll continue to monitor and to get comfortable. He's seemed to have picked up steam, but in terms of like making the right play, He's done pretty good with that, which I, I think is is something that I was a little bit worried about going into the year. Um, Jackson Hayes started off really impressing us with a diverse kind of uh, big skill set. Has not gotten worse, but a uh, little bit less uh, loud and you know a little bit less playing time. He hasn't had as much time with uh, some of the starters, so you still feel good about where uh, where he's what he's shown in the preseason so far. Yeah, he's been a mixed bag. Uh, he His ability as a lob threat and the role grab that he has is apparent, and that has impacted the game and on plays where he doesn't even get the ball. And so that's good. We see that. We, we feel that. The In terms of like his individual effectiveness, he, he is an outlier in a bad way in terms of how frequently he's getting shots at the rim. Wood, AD, and Castleton – He's at like half of the volume those guys are getting per 75 possessions, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, when he is out there on the perimeter, spacing out and five out, it's very clear that it doesn't really fit. He he needs to immediately swing the ball to a teammate and then try to run a dribble handoff or something, which is what you're supposed to do. But it's it's kind of like the you know Russell Westbrook or Jared Vanderbilt thing, where it's like if they're just out there on the perimeter and you're not actively engaging them in something, 
it's not really helping your offense. So they, we've seen the Lakers run more four out one in with him, uh, which is fine. Um, 67% of his shots have been open shots, which is the highest of any Laker. And so that, you know, is impacting his effectiveness, certainly. But I would love to see for him offensively to be able to get more shots at the rim and, you know, keep a close eye on, like, if not, why? Is it because he's doing his job, he's is crashing, and he is basically creating open shots for teammates because of rolling? Or is it for another reason that's more concerning? So that something to monitor. My impressions have been positive, and I think some of this data is, like, explainable in that way. But uh, I don't know. I'd say stock up for him. He's been good. The screening has not been good, though. His screening technique has been poor, and he's also committed like six offensive fouls. Yeah. Or something like that. He's gotten away with a few, too. Mm hmm. So, yeah, not too worried there, but, um, you know, like all these other young pieces and new pieces, it'll go up and down. Um, along with that, I mean, Gabe Vincent's another guy. You know, he's been very unshy to shoot the ball, but uh, some of them have been like, really impressive and adding a dynamic that like, you know, Dennis Schroeder didn't have. And uh, the shooting has been pretty good. I think he's hit or miss. Uh, he's de- like I said, definitely not shot to get him up there, which I think is a factor. Yeah. So I think this tells the story with Vincent, his self-created efficiency is just under 0.9 points per possession. His efficiency when he's set up by others has been 1.4, which is pretty good. Gotcha. Very, very good. Um, he fits in really well as an off-ball piece. On ball, I've been shy to pull some of those shots. And when they're falling, it's like, oh, damn, you know, who is this guy? But he, there are also times where they're not falling. And he's been someone that, like, he's not getting to the rim. He's averaging 0.6 sh- attacks at the rim per 75 possessions. The lowest on the team. And that, you know, in a way limits what you're able to do. I think his passing has been fine it's been about as good as it can be given his lack of scoring gravity i think he's made the right play at a really high rate it's just that he's not able to generate advantages at the same level as some of his peers and that like kind of puts a ceiling on how good of a passer he can be just because he's not able to just by himself draw that extra help the way that we've seen reeves and delo and lebron and, and others be able to do so He's been good within his limitations, and as long as we use him well, I'm 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 happy with him. Just don't ask him to be something he's not. Uh, and then defensively, I've been pretty happy with his defensive playmaking as well. He's he's a solid, tough guard, just not you know the biggest guy. We got uh, Max Christie uh, started preseason really strong, shooting the ball, kind of showing some flashes, and then he's uh, shown some struggles as well, fouling. Um, hasn't like hasn't been able quite to put together some of the secondary playmaking, but I think like that's more of a him not quite having the right role and uh, lineups are changing and he's this thing around the main guys and then another thing around you know Des Moines Hodge and Alex Fudge lineups. So it's kind of a weird place for him, but you know I'm still intrigued and I still think uh, the Lakers are going to give him some uh, chances to get a look at him this year. Yeah, we have to understand that when he's out there with these like deeper bench units, he's playing a different role and he's different. He's getting different types of shots and different openness of shots than he will in the normal rotation when the team is healthy. He's like, if you look at how he's generating his his looks, 
like a plurality of them have come from pick and roll ball handler possessions, which is not the way he's going to be used on, on the parent team in, in most games. He's getting some ISO plays, which again, not really what we're looking for from Max. He needs to be a spot up guy, maybe some handoff attacking, some off screen here or there. And then, you know, you know, get your occasional put back or dump off or whatever it happens to be. He hasn't shot the best on those spot up kickouts. Uh, I would have to take a look here. I don't believe all that many of them have been open. Let me see here really quickly. Uh, Christy spot ups. Now, uh, one, two, three, four. Okay, so he said 10 spot ups and four of them have been open. He's had four that have been lightly contested and then two heavily contested. So yeah, he's underperforming as a spot up shooter. If that piece alone were to improve and it's like, oh, he's doing great off ball. It's just the self-creation that's struggling. Like, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's okay. He's, he's playing a different role. We just need to see those threes fall at a bit higher of a rate. And I think we should certainly expect that to happen given what we've seen from him in the past. So I feel okay with Max, uh, but I do expect when it comes to the 48, no, what, what would that be? Yeah, the, the point guard and the shooting guard minutes, the uh, 96 of them a game, it's going to be pretty heavily D'Lo, Reeves, and Van and uh, Vincent, whereas Max, I think, is going to get like 10 to like maybe 15 of those. We haven't seen much of Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, none of them since that first game, so I'll kind of leave him TBD. But I guess the last guy we could talk about is Rui. And, you know, Rui is the most Rui he's been, I think, since the Lakers have gotten him. He's... Uh, very much focused on like kind of self-creating some of his own shots. A lot of them are tough. Uh, you know, I think he's made a couple good pass outs here and there, but overall, uh, I think he's neutral. I don't see the three point shot making is, you know, it's good, but it's not, you know, on fire, like 50%. So I'm fine. I'm not worried. He hasn't showed me anything to feel worried or or uh, on the other hand, that he's like materially better. Yeah, he looking at his splits from a how, how efficient he's been on what kind of shots he's gotten. He's been pretty even in terms of like self creating versus being set up by others. On self creating, he's at like 0.8 points per possession. On being set up by others, he's at over double that or exactly double that. Um, oh yeah. So he's been good as an off ball guy. I've been impressed. He he seems to have a better handle. We're seeing the team run some ball screens with That's him. Fair. And he's getting to the rim at a better rate. We've noted on the streams that his finishing once there has lacked control on some of these plays. And he's doing a good job. He's doing a better job of using his body to get to those spots. But then he has to like stay under control and then finish. And that's been, I think, the piece that's been missing for me. Like he's he's generating good looks and then just not not converting in terms of getting to the rim, but he like Christie, they've taken a lot of heavily contested shots. Only 20% of Rui's looks have been open. Same thing with Christie's at 21%. So it's, you know, understand the context. I am keeping an eye on Rui from a like movement three standpoint. That's not really his game, but it will need to be with this new setup and how often he's running off of like pin downs. But I don't know. I'm okay. I, I, I don't think I've, really changed my Rui stance. I think he's going to be a 36-ish percent three-point shooter this year, not mm-hmm. in the 40s like he was in the playoffs, not in like the 20s or low 30s like he was in the regular season. And that's a good basketball player, but it's not like 
it, we shouldn't view him like we did playoff Rui because I just don't expect that shooting to continue. And I don't know. He's he's kind of fitting in with that so far. All right. I think that should do it for today's pod. We're going to, for friends on stream, we're going to close the room and just reopen a new room, maybe take like 10 minutes. For those of you on the pod listening, um, you know, subscribe to the YouTube, take a screenshot, DM that to Tim, myself, or the Lakers uh, Twitter account our uh, exceptionalism twitter account to get in our discord you can uh subscribe to our exclusive tiers where you can get uh, access to up to six bonus pods a month so we're going to be doing a lot more content this year we've already kind of started uh making videos uh you know doing extra pods um tim's been doing awesome film review stuff here on playback as well so make sure you follow us here uh subscribe and turn on the bell you can get the ios or the android app but yeah friends on playback we're just going to close the room real quick. And you know, Tim, you got anything else before we uh, wrap this pot up? I was just going to say, like you mentioned earlier, like this is our first public pod since like the first game. We've done so much content since then. Exactly. Um, if you're exactly. only getting this content through the public pods, understand that this is the tip of the iceberg and that iceberg is big. And go check out the discord, go check out all you can get in the different tiers, getting like 10 or honestly, it's going to be more than 10 uh total pods a month compared to four a month uh just like some really really good value at the eight dollar lower bowl tier um want to shout out friends of the podcast tj timataji leo in the arena sponsorship tier and then zach harris q daddio ipod shuffle omar romario and shibugan in the owner's box as well as to the courtside and lower bowl crews we are uh Getting, you know, a lot of people they took off the off season they they weren't in the discord as much they we're like, all right, I'm not going to pay the extra when the games aren't happening. We're back, baby. Get back in there. We're having good conversation. Join these streams if if you're not doing so already. The, the game watch parties are a blast. And you're going to get – I feel like our style of content is – like, I like it. It's very good. It's so much better with the visual component. And I yeah. like being able to tap into that with these film reviews and with the, the watch parties. So definitely check those out if you're not already. And the people in the chat – who you can't see or listen to, uh, just you're going to have to trust me. They're saying they agree. It's true. And our chat's one of the funniest, man. They keep us laughing all game. Uh, so come and hang out and chat. Watch the games with us on playback. Uh, but until next time, friends. who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done